Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Chicago Bulls got embarrassed by the defending champs. The move that didn't happen at the NHL trade deadline. Plus, can the Rams keep enough pieces to contend again this year? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It doesn't seem that long ago. The Chicago Bulls were at the top of the Eastern Conference. Now they are the fifth seed, just two games out of the plan, and they are three and seven in their last 10 coming off a 126-98 bludgeoning at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks. Joining me now from Locked on Bulls, Pat the Designer. And Pat, what has changed about this team? Because it is largely the same components that got them to the one seed not that long ago. Um, getting guys back in. You lost a lot of guys. I think there's. I think there is an element of guys being tired coming into this. But honestly, it's just you look at tonight, you look at what we've seen from the Bulls the past few nights. Listen, you got to knock down open shots. Um, when you don't knock down shots, you allow teams to climb back into it. Now versus a team like Toronto, Toronto's on your level. We saw last night, Bulls didn't knock down shots. Guess what? Neither did Toronto. Both teams are on the same level. Tonight, you're not facing that same level of team. You're facing the former or, or the, the still reigning NBA champion uh, until they get knocked out. So guess what? They're getting back healthy now. They're moving in the right direction. They know how to knock down shots. They know how to get themselves in a position to to win ball games. And when you don't do the things that we've been talking about for, I mean, ten games now, eleven games, <laughs> that they're, yeah. they're gonna, you're gonna start to slide a little bit in the standings, and and that's the been the Bulls' biggest problem in this whole stretch. Demar Derozan, ten of twenty three in this game, twenty one points, it, it, and a lot of his shots were short. And I don't know if that's if that's a lot of games, if that is he's 32 years old and has been in the league for a long time now. What have you seen with DeMar? Because we are not that far removed from discussions about should he be in the MVP conversation because of the way that he can create late and has led this offense. I, I think, like, like you said, you, you got to remember the Bulls went through a stretch there where they literally had DeMar and the rest of them. Um, and, and so he, he shouldered a lot of weight on his back for the bulls. We've looked to him to be that guy to get the job done for us. We looked for him to be that fourth quarter guy for us. And it's late in the season. And yeah, Demar is 32. Not to say that that's like old as dirt. He's about to be out of the NBA, but it, it, it is a guy that's got a lot of minutes on his legs. He's played a lot of seasons where he's gone deep into the playoffs. Guess what? It does take a toll on you after a while. He's probably a little bit tired here. And that's where you would hope that his teammates would be able to pick him up. Guys that are getting healthy. Hey, Zach Levine, I understand he's 70 percent. Uh, so he he's not really able to get the offense going as much. Booch kind of got it going there, but you see DeMar still wanting those shots. You see DeMar still taking those shots, and I think that that's the one thing that Billy Donovan and the Bulls have to recognize that, hey, listen, yeah, he he's still going to take those shots, and he deserves to take those shots because, listen, you break a Wilt record, you deserve to get whatever shots you want, but <laughs> at the same time, that's a moment to me where Billy Donovan has to step in. The coaching staff has to step in and say, hey, listen, I'm fine with you taking them shots, but you also have to look around. You know what I'm saying? You also have to find some some somebody who has the hot hand 
And right now, there's not a lot of people that have the hot hand. Tonight, you had Vooch going a little bit with the hot hand. But for the most part with this Bulls, you haven't seen a lot of guys that have had a consistent hot hand for DeMar to go to. So it still kind of makes sense for him to take the shots because he's the one that's able to score. (laughs) The move that didn't happen at the NHL trade deadline. Coming up. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Atlanta Hawks are hanging on to the final playoff spot in the East, and a big win on Tuesday will help them get there. Hello, friends. My name is Brad Roland, and Atlanta Hawks go into New York and get a big-time victory on the road at MSG on this Tuesday evening behind Trey Young and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Combined for 77 points, Trey had 45 in his return to MSG for the first time since the playoffs. He was the story of the evening, both locally and nationally. And with the win, the Hawks are now back to 500 for the first time in a while. The Hawks are, of course, looking to get above 500 for the first time in a very long time on Wednesday with a road trip to Detroit. But for now, a quick victory on the road in New York and a back-to-back that is coming on Wednesday. We'll have full coverage of both games and much more on Love Hawks podcast. The NBA fined Yusuf Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers $40,000 on Tuesday for confronting a fan at a game in Indiana and throwing the fan's cell phone. The incident happened shortly after the game Sunday between the Blazers and the Pacers. Nurkic approached the fan walking within a few inches of him, grabbed the cell phone, and tossed it into nearby seats. Because everyone has camera phones, of course, this interaction went viral. Zion Williamson has been rehabbing his fractured right foot that has kept him out of the entire 2021-2022 season. Yesterday, he posted a five-second clip in his Instagram story showing him at the Pelicans facility, throwing the ball off the backboard, catching it, and going between his legs before finishing with a left-handed slam. This is an audio medium Go find the clip. It explains it much better than I can. The Pelicans have not given any official update on Williamson's status since March 5th when the team said he was showing improved signs of bone healing and that he would gradually progress to full weight-bearing exercises and basketball activities. A between-the-legs dunk seems like both a weight-bearing exercise and a basketball activity. The Dolphins, they land a big fish. Here's Locked On Dolphins host, Kyle Krabs. We have a deal. The Miami Dolphins have agreed to terms with offensive tackle Teron Armstead, rated by many outlets as the number one available free agent for the 2022 cycle, to a five-year, $75 million deal, plus incentives that could bring this deal up to a total of $87.5 million dollars over those five seasons that APY puts him outside the top 10 of current offensive tackles on a per year salary basis although his guaranteed money lands third amongst active offensive tackles this is a massive massive get for the Dolphins in their bid to upgrade their offensive line and after several days of pursuit the Dolphins have their man Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Get ahead of the Sweet 16 action. One seed Gonzaga will face the four seed Arkansas on Thursday. And the betonline.line for this game is Gonzaga getting nine and a half. 11 seed Michigan looks to continue their run against two seed Villanova. And the betonline.net line for this game has Villanova favored by five and a half on Friday. Two storied programs meet in an unlikely Sweet 16 matchup as the 11 seed UNC Tar Heels face 
the fourth seeded UCLA Bruins. The betonline.net line is UCLA giving two. Here is another story you need to know. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in third in the Atlantic Division, and they were left with more questions than answers at the NHL trade deadline. Our Locked On Leafs host, Dave Morissuti, joined Locked On anchor Daniela Bruce to break it down. Everyone kind of scratching their head at the fact that the Leafs did not make a move for a goaltender. What was your initial reaction to that? And how do you think they're going to handle the situation moving forward? Jack Campbell, obviously injured. Peter Morazic was waived. What's next for Leafs goaltending? I think Kyle Dubas is putting all of his chips on Jack Campbell, getting back to the goaltender he thinks he can be. This is, this is, I think, yeah, the biggest question mark going with going towards the Leafs in the last 20 games in that, you know, Eric Chalgram wasn't bad when he came up. But it's a lot to ask for a person who does not have a lot of NHL experience to now take a team down the stretch run and kind of, you know, get them stabilize things. And Peter Mrazek, I think the organization has lost a bit of faith in him. It's very tough to then have him come back in a very pressured situation. So maybe this is a case where they just want him to take some time and regroup. Um, but yeah, this is a, the biggest question mark going with a team that has so much going for them up front the talent, they've addressed the blue line, but all that can get done away by one position. So I th- there's a lot of nervous energy right now going across the Leafs nation with that one. Fans are probably a little bit nervous at, at what's going to happen with the Leafs as you head into the end of the season and eventually the playoffs. The Leafs need to win a playoff series here. So do you anticipate that they can do that with what you see on their roster right now? And I think the biggest question, too, is whether, you know, this is, I think, going to be on, like, the guys like Austin Matthews, John Tavares, mm-hmm. and Mitch Marr to really step up in the ways I think they haven't been able to in the last few years because that's what they get paid to do. And I, I think, you know, you can have all the questions about the goaltending. The goaltending could be what makes or break the team. But I think as the, the important thing is how do your top guys carry the team when things are kind of not at their best? We've mm-hmm. seen them do it. There's a reason why this team hasn't, you know, fully lost all confidence in themselves and they've been able to stay within this Atlantic division race. It's because mm-hmm. guys like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and even like a monk, Michael Bunting have been able to carry things for so long. So I think they're going to need that in the playoffs. And if they don't get it, especially against, let's say, Tampa Bay, that's everyone's got their eyes set on Tampa Bay. And it's a little bit of a nervous setting when you see what they did at the deadline, but I just think the Leafs have to think about the talent that they have and then hope that Jack Campbell can put it together. Cause I think when he's at his best, he can give the Leafs level. He's not better than Andre Vasilevsky, but he's just as long as he's not too much of a peg down, the Leafs have, will have a chance if they get everything going their way. So Dave, you mentioned the Leafs and obviously the lightning adding some, some, uh, trade deadline additions getting better at the trade deadline, but really the Atlantic division as a whole, every team made a move of their own. The Panthers acquired Claude Giroux from Philly. Of course, we mentioned the Leafs and Giordano lightning addition of Brandon Hagel. And then the Bruins defenseman Hampus Lindholm, who's going to have the biggest impact on the Atlantic division moving forward. Oh, you know, I like the Hampus Lindholm move for the Bruins. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought the Bruins would really try to address the top six. I felt like they really needed a top six center there, but Hampus Limpom, I think going from Anaheim to Boston, he might like playing in the East Coast a little bit. It may fit his style a little bit more than the you know bigger 
tougher Western conference hockey that he usually plays there. I like that addition for Boston, but I mean the Panthers and all the moves they made, like they, it was just the abundance of moves and who they got. They really are pushing for this year. And I think you see how much they can score. Now they have added a guy like Claude Giroux who can score at will. He's so talented and can add that depth. So I think really you're going to, it's almost like you're going for a boxing match when you go up against the Panthers. Cause it's not, you got to hope you can stay with them for as long as possible. Cause they're they, they can last for a marathon. It seems for more subscribe to the locked on NHL channel on YouTube. Coming up, can the Rams keep enough pieces to contend again this year? Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You've heard me say it over and over. And it's not just the classic, although the classic, everyone loves a classic. The classics are terrific. Now they have the puffs with protein-infused marshmallows. Just think about that for a second. Protein-infused marshmallow. They're low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs. These things are magic. They're magic. They shouldn't exist, and yet they do. And not only do they, they taste delicious. And if you don't believe me, go to BuiltBar.com and see for yourself. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. The LA Rams won the Super Bowl and they have made plenty of moves since then. Some good, some bad, some helping, some hurting. So where do we stand now? Joining me now from Locked On Rams, Travis Rogers and Travis Von Miller is in Buffalo. Odell Beckham Jr. is rehabbing his ACL. We don't know what his future is, but Matthew Stafford is back. Allen Robinson, the Bears star receiver, is in L.A. Robert Woods now in Tennessee. So in the aggregate, oh, and let's not forget Matthew Stafford under contract in a monster way. Where do we stand now with L.A.? I think they're in a pretty good spot, and I hope that they're not done quite yet. I, I think that they've lost a lot of guys. A lot of the guys that you mentioned are down the road. That we've, you know, you mentioned. I should say you didn't mention Andrew Whitworth, who isn't on another team, but he did retire an incredibly important part of of what they did offensively, um, and, and an even more important part about what he brought from a leadership role. I think that's going to be something that the Rams are really going to have to look at moving forward because Andrew Whitworth not only was a starting left tackle on a Super Bowl champion, he was the unequivocal leader of this entire football team. And if it wasn't him, it was probably Robert Woods. So both of those guys are down the road. Uh, I think they got to get that squared away a little bit. You got uh, some questions on the offensive line. You lost Austin Corbett. You've lost Darius Williams, one of your starting cornerbacks. So I'd like to think that they're going to maybe fill some of these holes through the draft. Maybe there's some more free agency stuff coming up. But uh, on the whole, I like what they've done, but I think they got a little bit more to do. You'd like to see them do some things in the draft. Unfortunately, they don't have a ton of draft capital with which to work. So what is going to be the approach that you see to retool this team, to revamp it so they can go back and try and repeat. 
Yeah, Les Snead came on my radio show a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about exactly that. And, and they don't have a ton of draft capital at the top of the draft. They do have a lot of draft picks. And what the Rams are willing to do that some other teams are not is they're willing to trade those high draft picks for proven NFL commodities. And then the flip side of that is you're going to have to take some chances with some guys that are maybe fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks and let them play and let them play pretty early. Um, I think we've seen it, whether it's a guy like uh, Robert Rochelle, who may be the new starting cornerback over there, you're going to put some green guys and some positions uh, where they might get exposed a little bit and there's going to be some growing pains along the way, but this is how they've chosen to do it. They're not going to fill holes with high draft picks. They're going to fill holes with later round draft picks and, and hope to get by and maybe fill on the fly as well. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there were some deals, maybe maybe not right now, but the Rams are the one team in the NFL that seem to kind of look at that trade deadline as an opportunity to add some talent. So uh, I, I don't think they're done. They've been incredibly aggressive for the last few years, and I expect them to continue to be. I mentioned the Allen Robinson addition. Cooper Cup is coming off a historically good season, but as I mentioned, Robert Woods out mm -hmm. the door. He's in Tennessee. They made the move last year in the middle of the season to get Odell Beckham Jr. He's coming off an ACL injury suffered in the Super Bowl, and now we have reports he might be open to a Cleveland return with mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson there. How important do you think it is that this team find a way to bring back OBJ or find a comparable type of player to make this offense go? Yeah, I, I think a comparable type player is interesting. I just don't know who that might be. I mean, o right. Odell Beckham Jr. is a really talented player, and he came in and, and, and kind of kick-started his career all over again. Um, I, I think this is the best place for him. I think he knows this is the best place for him to not have to go. You, we, we know that the combination with Matthew Stafford works. We know that he likes playing in the Sean McVay offense. He might have to take a little bit of a haircut because of the injury because he's not going to be back until probably somewhere around Thanksgiving, give or take. It'll be kind of a similar situation that the Rams found themselves in with Beckham last year, but I do think it's important. I think he's somebody that they have to have back. I think it's something that they're going to try to get done, but it may turn into a Vaughn Miller situation where the deal is like, okay, congratulations. We can't do that. We'd like to keep you, but we're not going to go do that. So happy trails. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And finally, Ash Barty, the number one ranked women's tennis player in the world has announced her retirement from the sport at the age of 25. The reigning Australian open champion wrote Wednesday on social media. Today is difficult and filled with emotion for me as I announce my retirement from tennis. I am so thankful for everything this sport has given me and leaving feeling proud and fulfilled. But now I think it's important that I get to enjoy the next phase of my life as Ash Barty the person, not Ash Barty the athlete. Though not everyone may understand a decision like that, I think we can all understand the idea of wanting to go out on top, if at all possible. It's just that most of us don't get to make that decision. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen, your second listen. Why don't you make it Locked On Bets? All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Thursday, we get you set for the Sweet 16. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.